Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm David Greenstein. Today we look at page 35, Daf Lamed Hey, Masechet Beitza, Tractate Beitza. This page examines more fully an idea that was already mentioned in the previous page. The Torah tells us that when we harvest our produce from our fields, the food that we harvest cannot be eaten by us until we give certain gifts to others who are in need of sustenance. This includes the tribe of Levi and also poor people, needy people. The tenth, ten uh, percent of our food, a tithe, ma'aser, must be given to these people before we're allowed to eat of our own food. Uh, the prohibition is for us to eat in a set, um, regular routine way. This is called achilat keva. However, Casual eating, taking a snack while we're still in the field harvesting the food is not prohibited. And the question that our sugya discusses is, when does this prohibition kick in? The concept has been de- de- developed that the food must be fully processed food. It must have a set status as edible food before the prohibition of eating it starts. This is called uh, all of the processing, all of the work done to prepare this food as food needs to be completed. So for instance, if it's fresh fruit, then the harvesting and the bringing it into uh, the collection bins and into the collection areas is the complete processing. But let's say the fruit is meant not to be eaten fresh, but to be eaten as dried fruit. Then the drying process delays this uh, status of making the food completely eligible uh, to be eaten, and uh, the gemar uh, malacha, the finishing of the process, uh, doesn't happen until later on. Our Talmudic discussion asks another question. What about Shabbat? When we eat some of the food on Shabbat that we have harvested, but which we haven't completely processed yet, does that in and of itself indicate that we have decided that the process has completed already, and therefore the food should now be prohibited from any further uh, uh, enjoyment. The Talmud says in the previous page, this might be because of the concept of Oneg Shabbat, Vekarata Shabbat Oneg. Since Shabbat must be declared, as the prophet Isaiah said, to be a pleasurable time, eating these foods on Shabbat, then clearly we have shown that we consider eating this food to be enjoyable, and therefore we have endowed significance to this food and made it completely processed food. Another interpretation, however, uh, is offered by other uh, commentators, and they say that the question of Shabbat is not just a question about eating the food on Shabbat. That's taken for granted. But the question is, if the food has not been finished in its processing system, and yet Shabbat has intervened, should the very concept of Shabbat 
endow the food with a finished status. We know that when we take the food into the granary or into the storage bins, the place, the space of our harvesting endows that food with a finished quality. And so the question is, does time, sacred time, function in that same way as that harvesting space? Can Shabbat endow the food with that finished quality? The Talmud says in the end that no, the food has to be finished uh, completely in its processing, and Shabbat can't do that. But we do know that one uh, early sage held otherwise. At the very bottom of the page, on folio A, we say, Hillel la'atzmo oser. Hillel, the sage, personally forbade eating food once Shabbat intervened, even though the food had not been completely processed. And our Talmud says that his opinion is rejected. Some of the commentators wonder, can this really be the same Hillel, the famous Hillel that we know of from throughout the Talmud? After all, his opinion is almost always accepted as authoritative. His school, Beit Hillel, the, ha the, 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 the house of Hillel, the school of Hillel, is overwhelmingly accepted to be the authoritative teachers uh, in their conflicts with their uh, contemporaries, the house of Shammai. So Hillel is usually accepted to be the correct uh, opinion. So, for instance, Tzvibi Ahersh Chayot says, I think this must be a different Hillel. I can't imagine that this is the same Hillel. But everybody else agrees that it is the same Hillel, and in this particular case, Hillel was overruled. The language that we have in our Talmud is slightly different than the text that, as we have it in the Tosefta, another early compilation of rabbinic teachings. In our Talmud it says, Hillel atzmo oser, meaning Hillel forbade this for himself. So some people suggest that perhaps we should be reading this as saying that Hillel allowed the food for everyone else, but forbade it only for himself as an extra stringency. But this interpretation is rejected by most commentators. Rashi himself says that the point of this statement is, is that Hillel was isolated and alone in his opinion forbidding this food because Shabbat had endowed the food with its finished status. What was Hillel thinking? Perhaps we can look at some of the other Midrashim about Shabbat and uh, come to uh, a little bit more of an understanding of his thought. We know from the Ten Commandments that the verse tells us, Sheshet yamim You shall work for six days and accomplish all of your labor. And of course the uh, question is, can you really accomplish all of your labor in six days? We know from our lives that no week, six-day week, has uh, sufficed for so much of our work that we can say at the end of six days, okay, we finished. Uh, our work hangs over us, our work uh, needs to be completed the following uh, uh, week, and it goes on for weeks and weeks at a time. Uh, it's impossible to conceive of these very limited tasks as being completely uh, accomplished within six days. And yet, the Torah seems to be saying that you shall accomplish all of your work. Beit Shammai, the house of Shammai, therefore reads this uh, verse to mean that six days are when you are allowed to work, and on the seventh day you can't do any work, and the work that you have done must be accomplished during the six days. So for instance, putting wash into a dryer uh, before Shabbat starts. 
and then turning the dryer on and having the dryer run during Shabbat would be for Beit Shammai prohibited because you're not accomplishing all of the work before the onset of Shabbat. Beit Hillel, however, says, no, we are allowed to have work do its own uh, completion on Shabbat if we ourselves are not engaged in that work. What does it mean to say that our work must be completed and accomplished during the six days? It's an attitudinal uh, command. We have to bring ourselves into a mindset that leaves away the stress and the anxiety that sees all of our commitments and all of our uh, work as hanging over our heads every second and that needs to be uh, attended to all the time. Once Shabbat comes in, we are to imagine for ourselves as if all of our work is finished and we can rest easy. So the uh, injunction is not so much about doing work or not doing work, but about how we see our lives and how we see where we are in, our, in relation to our work. Perhaps Hillel was trying to offer a slightly different uh, interpretation, and perhaps he was seeing this verse as saying, for six days you shall work, and all of your work will be accomplished, your labor will be accomplished with the onset of Shabbat, meaning that Shabbat itself renders your work completely accomplished. With regard to the processing of your food, it means that Shabbat itself has rendered your food completely processed and taken care of. Um, that extreme interpretation is rejected by his contemporaries, and instead the insistence of his entire school was, no, the message of Shabbat cannot be that it itself is doing this work for us. On the contrary, what we live in is a, work, a world of incomplete, uh, unfinished business. Shabbat keeps on telling us that we can live in that world at peace by spending Shabbat in a different mindset, with a different attitude, in a different mental space. That brings us to the end of the fourth chapter of Beitzah, and the folio B, half of it, is given over to the next beginning of the next Mishnah, which also talks about Yom Tov and Shabbat. We'll talk about that next. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.